Well, hello and welcome to Good Business Pays TV, the series of interviews where we talk to people who pay their suppliers fast and we find out why they do it and how they do it. And today I'm joined by George Booth, who's the Chief Procurement Officer at Lloyds Banking Group. Welcome, George, and thank you for your time today. Could you tell us a little bit about the group itself? Yeah, sure. And so Lloyds Banking Group, I guess, traces its history back to the late 1600s, 1695, with um, the Bank of Scotland coming together and subsequently uh, all the way through to Lloyd's TSB coming together on the back of the financial crisis. So the group was created out of adversity, but a long, long history across uh, brands such as the Bank of Scotland, Halifax, Scottish Widows. So we do both retail and corporate banking as well as general um, uh, insurance, pensions, etc. Predominantly a UK business. Uh, we have operations in one or two uh, select international locations. We operate in the Netherlands, Germany, um, uh, the US, but mainly a, a UK bank and helping Britain prosper is the core of, of how we run our business. Um, and I've been in the group myself coming up 15 years now, Terry, so uh, been through quite a journey over these recent years. And as Chief Procurement Officer running that function what what does that actually mean in the context of the group so very simply my job is to make sure that as the group engages with the third party marketplace we do so in a very open collaborative transparent way so we we set the standards of what we look for in terms of acquiring our goods and services our resources um, often in human capital terms uh, right through to software hardware marketing services so I make sure that whole portfolio is aggregated um, across the group so we can leverage our scale as a force for good. And core to our purpose is ensuring we operate in a sustainable, um, inclusive manner. Um, and that reaches out into the UK and, and broader global supply chain. So I make sure we, we engage accordingly. We secure relationships with um, you know the very best of the market. And we ensure these uh, relationships endure over the, the long term. So I manage both the onboarding, the contracting, the ongoing supply relationship management across the group. Um, and I also get involved in a lot of our programs around sustainability, uh, diversity and inclusion um, it, within the supply base. And I'm also, uh, you know, along with our finance group, accountable for ensuring we pay our suppliers appropriately to our terms. Um, and over time, I've made sure we've invested accordingly to ensure we've got the technology in place, the process efficiency, the resource, the mindset, the culture to drive long-term sustainable relationships. Um, because ultimately, you, you get the relationships you deserve. And if you behave well and reward and recognize and, and manage accordingly, like in any uh, walk of life, these enduring relationships persist. So it's making sure that we can find the best, continue to work and manage with the best and, and deliver ultimately for our customers. And you talked a bit about the bank's purpose and, and your role and the span of things you look after. How does payment reporting and payment terms and contracting, how does that fit together with the bank's purpose? So I, I guess ensuring we can use finance as a force for good, right? So as a bank, um, we have customers and clients, particularly in you know small to medium enterprises, mid corporates, even large corporates, who come to us for products to help the gap between 
their, their outgoing costs and their incoming revenues and managing the cash flow and the balance sheet. So we're very much alive to the challenges in the industry where often between firms, cash flow is, is between one month to the next, the blood that keeps them alive. So we endeavor to make sure that our terms are uh, favorable, competitive, and we endeavor to always improve and enhance them. So we have a standard of payment within net 30 days um, of issue of invoice, and we very proudly have knocked that down day by day by day. And I think this year with yourselves, across five of our legal entities, um, we secured the um, Good Business Pays Award, which you know we're hugely proud of. So our job is to make sure those that provide us with goods and services get the money um, as quickly and as expeditiously as possible. And, and if, if I think about me as a colleague, if I got my pay 30, 40, 70, 100 days after I actually did the work, uh, I'd be pretty upset about that, right? So if you've delivered goods or services or human capital to us, we want to make sure you get the money as quickly as we've committed. Um, so we've put a lot of time and effort into engineering our technology, our processes, our culture to deliver that outcome on a consistent and ever-improving basis. Now, um, so I can see that from a purpose perspective, paying fairly and promptly is a good citizen thing to do. But from a procurement, from a, an executive in the in the bank's uh, viewpoint, do you see the business case for doing that too? I mean, have you seen either in your career or at Lloyd's examples of where paying promptly or fast has helped a supplier banking relationship in a business way? Yeah, I guess there's a couple of things. So the cost of capital in a business, particularly smaller businesses that are growing, that have many cost pressures, um, it is a real issue, right? And the, the quicker we can pay what we are due, that helps them manage the cash flow and the bumps and, and kind of end-to-end, month-to-month challenges that they have. So you want to put at rest concerns over cash flow and income. And often, you know, when we contract with a supplier, we want to make sure that we've got a proportionate share of business. We, we ensure that they're not overly reliant on Lloyd's um, in case we go through any you know, challenges and issues. And obviously, you only have to go back, you know, 10, 11 years to the financial crisis where the unthinkable happened. Big banks uh, failed. Um, and banks were always seen as a traditional source of stability and cash. And we never want to get there again. And again, part of our strategy and our, our core purpose is to ensure we've got an enduring, profitable business. Well, our suppliers kind of deserve to have that as well. And we can play our part. And as I said, Terry, we, we spend a lot of time in choosing who our partners are. And once we've connected, we want to make sure that we do our bit to help them prosper. And effectively having cash flow that is uh, committed, that they can trust, is of value to them. That value then can come back in the overall you know, commercial construct of the deal. And you often speak to suppliers at conferences or one-to-one, -one and they say, well, what can we do more than anything as, as a new customer uh, or client for you? And they say, pay us on time. It's not give us access to your uh, business strategies or access to your best innovation or your best people or invite us to certain forums. It's that very simple ask, pay us on time. And that then builds a really solid foundation and it builds trust. It ultimately starts to give you access and a right to talk about strategy and insights and roadmaps and how can we become a client of choice for you? And then what are you going to tell others when they come and ask you about what's it like doing business with Lloyd's Banking Group? Because we don't just deserve 
you know, everyone to come to us with their best talent and propositions. Um, we have to earn that right. And over time, sustainably paying your suppliers, you know, within your terms um, is definitely for me a key foundation stone. And I've often thought, well, imagine it's the other way around, because I'll read some of the horror stories in the media where organisations pay in 90 or 120 day terms. And a lot can go wrong in a business over three to four months. And if the uncertainty of cash is one of them, um, and secondly, the finance of the gap between getting that cash in versus when the cash has gone out, sometimes you can have suppliers with six months cash flow on, on a relationship. And that's really, really difficult to manage. So I think for me, Terry, it ultimately comes down to that solid foundation of paying on time matters. I would say probably more than anything else in a relationship. And again, think about that relationship with your employer. If we stop paying you at the end of the month or the end of the week or whenever we agreed, suddenly your household finances are thrown up in the air. And think of the pain that causes you as an individual. Well, multiply that 10x if you're an MD of a 20-person organization or you're a PLC reporting your margins and income on a quarterly basis. It can really devastate effects on your financial health and well-being. And um, and clearly this is important to you and your function and your colleagues, but how far up the leadership chain are, are the things that you're talking about important and talked about? But very. I, I talk regularly, as you know, to William Chalmers, our Chief Financial Officer, and William was good enough to you know, give some thoughts and insight on the recognition of the awards from yourselves this year, Terry. Um, it's something that, you know, is visible to Charlie. I've, I've shared with him the, the good news and how we perform. And, and uniquely in a bank, because we also um, bank some of the clients that we ultimately have contracts with as suppliers of service, there's a symbiotic symmetry there that we, we often think about and reflect on because our reputation on the client side of the business is forged often by the relationship we build on the supply side of the business. And John Winter just joined us um, running our corporate institutional bank. And John and I have had recent conversations on how we can further, you know, build the client-centric view of uh, our, you know, third parties and clients out there and how we can ensure that our purpose-driven um, business strategy can transcend into ever-strengthening relationships in corporate UK and beyond. So hugely important, very visible. Um, and it's always great to get prizes and recognition. But if it goes wrong, I get to hear about it very quickly for individual accounts or at an aggregate within a legal entity or an aggregate within the group. Um, and of course, we're obligated to report this into HMRC on a regular basis. So very visible, Terry, and a very, very important indicator of the health of our relationship and also the health of UK PLC if we're paying um, on time or as fast as we possibly can. And more broadly across the procurement profession, um, I hear from a lot of uh, senior business people, cash conservation is going to be the thing this year, 2023, times it's quite difficult for all companies. Uh, cash conservation to me as a campaigner means I'm hanging on to it and you can't have it. So looking more broadly across the procurement profession, do you think the views that you're expressing are sort of in step with the way that procurement is going? Uh, or if not, how are they different and what advice might you have for that uh, crew? Yeah, so I, I guess I've had 30 odd years in, in the industry from high tech manufacturing to banking, financial services. I work locally and globally and across many different cultures, durations of contracts for everything you can possibly imagine. And at the end of the day, what, what it boils down to is can you trust 
the supplier to deliver what they've committed to? Can they trust you to ultimately pay them in return for that? And if you look over the last two, three years, everything has become scarce. Energy, shipping containers, talent, particularly in the tech and engineering cyber data space, um, access to digital services. And ultimately, you can compete on the basis of what you're prepared to pay for a, a unit cost of an item or the delivery of an outcome, um, but also in terms of how long it takes you to pay for it. So there is a competitive advantage to be had to figure out with your finance function typically how your cash flow can be optimized in what comes in and what goes out and how long you hold on to it and what you want to do with it. And clearly it's, it's an end-to-end -end team game. And in that, we have to include our suppliers and our clients. So who pays us for what? How do we manage our cash flow? And then what are we obligated to pay out? And if you stress any part of that ecosystem, it ultimately, suffer, you know, you suffer as a business, reputationally or financially. So for me, I think people in my role who just focus purely on the payment terms to maximize them, to preserve the cash, they're losing something else. And it's not necessarily the price point that they pay. They're losing access in scarce times. They're losing priority for new innovation. They're losing access to the new talent that wants to come and work in your account. Because if you're seen as that account that pays late, is constantly extending payment terms, or looking for discounts to pay early, you're not the type of account that necessarily over time is going to build deep, enduring relationships. And I'm a great believer in supply chains compete with each other, not just brands and companies and products. So if you can build an enduring, flexible, competitive trust in supply chain at the heart where you're paying people on time, then I think you've got a competitive advantage for your business. And that really matters in today's ever-changing, pacey environment. That's great. Um, there are quite a few companies that aspire to pay fast, as you all do. Uh, so for other big companies that might be watching this, either people in your role or more senior people, um, what tips might you give them for you know how you move along this road of paying faster at more at the leadership level that question is as opposed to the, the functional level yeah I, I think first of all understand your baseline right because in any large business um like ours you're gonna have different legal entities and you're gonna have different priorities in terms of business growth um defending an area you know margin pressures and so on so understand the ecosystem that you operate within um, and the business pressures they're under. Always start with the client, the customer, the business, and understand what they're trying to achieve. So if you're in a business where margins are really slim, cash preservation is king, it's going to be much more difficult for you then to convince everybody that's in the interests of the group over the mid to long term to pay your suppliers commensurate with the market or on time. And that's the difference between being purpose-led, where you're often looking at short-term decisions that have gains in the mid to longer term. So you have to fight hard, right? You have to be the voice of the supplier, the third party, when others in the business are maybe pulling in other directions. But that's why it's a team sport. So understand the clients, the business, the environment you're in. I guess secondly, understand then the mechanisms. You know, so how does an invoice get receipted and how does it flow to payment? And if you can move to a fully automated, transparent solution, I mean, uh, there's plenty of brands out there that do an, an adequate job. But if you can digitize the experience, it's better for everybody. Often, you know, we were finding many years ago, paper invoices 
getting posted to whoever acquired the service. They sit in it for weeks. They then go, oh, I better put that somewhere. Stick it to a PO box. It lands there without the, the purchase order number or the specifics. Then you can't match it because there's no receipt. And then three months have passed by and the poor supplier's just clueless and getting turned down everywhere. And eventually it, it trickles through to the other end of the process. But if you can get that straight through transparency, um, that makes a massive difference. And the third thing is then be empathetic. So when things go wrong, acknowledge it, put your hands up, fix it. And you have to often work one account at a time. You cannot just flip a switch and change the whole end-to-end -end process. There are always outliers. There are always different areas of business um, that invoice in different ways, traditional ways. Like the legal industry used to invoice in a, in a particular way. They used particular unique payment clearance engines that were unique to how you build legal time. Well, understand that, respect that, work with it to improve it. Um, and I guess the last thing I would say, it takes time, Terry. You know, it takes time to build up the competence, the reputation, um, but you can lose it like that. Suddenly, if there's a change of business strategy or the, the supplier is not seen as important as it's been, um, your reputation can be lost very, very quickly. And I know you, you're telling me about your Rotten Tomatoes Awards this week. Um, whilst we were delighted to get, you know, five certificates recognising legal entity performance, people like me are going to be sitting in their chair today with a Rotten Tomato from you saying you're one of the top X worst pairs. How does that make you feel? What are you then going to do about it? Do you care? And if you don't care, then that's a serious issue for UK PLC in general. Um, and probably for your business in some short period of time, because it's not a way to build deep, meaningful relationships. And if you're, an, let's say, an AP manager or a procurement manager, you know, fresh out of training or managing a process, and you care, you can, you understand everything that you've just talked about, because you've heard it in the training sessions, but your bosses don't support that, or the culture of the organisation. Are there things that you can do to change that from your position if you're an AP manager or a procurement manager? I think what you shouldn't do is just look at the stats and the ratios. And it's all too easy to get an algorithm that says, if you get paid in 30 days, and if you then pay in 60, you get 30 days cash preservation. And that means based on, let's say it's a million pounds equivalent. Well, that's a million pounds you've got to invest or play with or, or use as a buffer. Um, that you don't have to go to a bank or leverage your um, balance sheet for. If you think about it in another way, if you redistributed that million on, a, on an equal basis, what more value would you get back from the supplier? So I would be going to then have a conversation with the supplier and say, if we paid you faster, what's in it for us? Let's be blunt. Let's let's have a debate and a, a discussion. It might be, well, we'll pay you, you know, or charge you 2% less or we'll give you privileged access to this new innovation or that bunch of talent. When you have a spike in demand, we'll fix you first because you're the best payer to us. So it's in our interest to look after you the most. And then you have to quantify that and put a value on it and then compare that to your practice of the 60 versus 30 and, and have an economic analysis. So sentiment and doing the right thing is all fine and well, but unless you can economically show the benefits and put a value to it, often you're going to lose the argument. So in your heart, you might know it's the right thing to do. Um, reputationally, you know it's the right thing to do. But if the numbers don't add up, often you lose the audience internally. So do all three together. 
think about the emotion, think about the reputation, think about the numbers, and then you'll have a compelling business case. And it's not as though we're born duty bound to make sure suppliers get paid at a super rate of knots. It's good business sense and good business pays, as you say, Terry. So the, the, the clue is in the title. Is indeed. You've given us some wonderful insights and, and views today. Is there anything else that you'd like to um, to say? Any anything at all that you think is important for people to know before we wrap up? Well, first of all, th thank you and, and good business pays for everything you've done, Terry. Right, it's been a three-year journey that I was lucky enough to be there at the foundation of with you and a number of others. Um, I think it's a hugely important. Uh, kind of focus area for all business executives to think about PLC and SME Britain, right? How do we want to help Britain prosper as a collective, as much as it's our kind of core driver um, behind our strategy? I think the other thing is if, if you're watching this, well done. If you've got to the end, you care. So give yourself a pat in the back for that. Um, but then take one or two nuggets out of this, right? Don't try and boil the ocean um, and probably just go away and understand how well does your business perform? Where are you on that list? Are you on the list? Do you matter? And then what are the root causes? What's driving your performance? Is it a conscious choice? Or is it your systems and processes are just too complex and you, you can't figure it out? Uh, is it an issue with your supplier? So they're not invoicing you in, a, in an effective way. Uh, do you not have enough resource? Understand the issue and then come up with a plan, right? How are you going to fix it? Take personal accountability. Um, you know, corporations are run by individuals. Individuals design processes, agree policies, you know, make decisions that otherwise impact the, the partners they work with. So take accountability. You go figure it out. And like I said, if, if somebody decided in your HR department to pay you a month later than you're otherwise paid, how do you manage that? What's the financial cost to you? Similarly, think about that as a business. And what relationship would a business have with you as much as you would have with your employer? So bring it to your own personal circumstances where today we're all managing our cash flow in a, in a more thoughtful way, given the cost of living crisis and the financial pressures we're all under. Um, and I would certainly, if I'm a supplier, be looking to those that pay me honestly, transparently and ever increasingly on time um, as a differentiator. It's a competitive differentiator and do it to save your company money to make your company more competitive. I think that's the biggest thing I would push for people. Thank you. Thank you. George Booth from Lloyds Banking Group. Thanks very much for joining us today. Wonderful insights. Um, thank you, Terry. We'll you for the rest of your day. Thanks. Okay. Take care.